welcome to episode 145 of the Locomotive. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how's it going? Not too bad. Are you sure? Yeah, sorry. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. perfectly reasonable. For now. <laughs> For now. We'll see we'll see what my blood pressure's like when we get near the end of this. But... Uh, yeah. Two <laughs> Alright. So generalized banter first. I slept for like ten hours today because I was exhausted after how, yesterday. How late were you guys there? Oh, I live here, so oh, oh yeah, okay. F you, but like how late was <laughs> Uh everyone else left shortly after you basically. You okay. you started the trend. I think I wound up walking I I left shortly after Thompson or not Thompson. Wilman left. Thompson. I work with a Dan Thompson. Oh, okay. I work okay. with I work with I know too many Dans. There are too many Dans in this world. There needs to be a calling. <laughs> 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 but uh like he left like a few minutes after you left and I left a few minutes after he left. Okay. So I was just curious, but yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but like like I, I went over to my girlfriend's house and it's like oh laying in bed like cuddling and like as she's like she's like at one moment I just realized that you were unconscious and nothing was waking you up. It's like I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <sighs> it was it was a it was a good time. I am not complaining about anything. I oh, yeah. actually I do have one minor complaint about oh, last okay. night. Right, so for those who don't know, we had a big friend get together. There was eight of us. Like basically, everyone was there with their significant other, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was way too late in the night to play that social deduction game. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was way too late in the night because no one had any any energy at all to try and defend themselves. Yeah, no, we were all like, just like Ugh. we're just like Whoa, dying. It's like let me just draw rude things on t-shirts for <laughs> Yeah, like those like those kind of things are like are like the trivia one were like perfectly reasonable, but like man, social deduction yeah. is not something you should do when everyone is up like three hours past their bedtime. Yeah, like, like we're, we're a bunch, bunch of, old of people. Old people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh but uh, it's a good time. But yeah. I don't know. It's <sighs> good stuff. Alright, well, why don't we just um uh Hop on in here and stuff, and get your get your blood pumping. Yeah, I just realized but, it was a timer, but all right, that's fine. Continue. So, so fun, so fun fact. So, this is basically going to be a, a nice little rant episode because we haven't done these in a while. Uh, for those who don't know, it's common for me to be like driving home from work or driving to work or just driving around town, uh, or just driving somewhere. And I'll be like listening to podcasts and shit, and I will just suddenly get—I'll hear something, and I will get irrationally angry while driving. It's just the road rage, no? <laughs> like, like on Tuesday, I woke up from a nap, and I'm like getting ready to go to D and D, heading over to Fletcher's, doing my thing, and I'm just like, I'm like, Fletcher sends me a thing on Twitter. It's like, all right, sure, and then like I go to my you know normal Twitter and I read. And I just get pissed off. And the more I think about it while driving to Fletcher's house, the more pissed off I'm getting. I'm pretty sure I almost tilted you out at gaming too. Uh, yes, that was probably that was some, resi- some residual. My blood is already going. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I was also was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, but, like, uh, 
like you were just being you. It's kind of like whatever, but it's like I, the, I think the fact that I was already like angry was not helping things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's hot. Damn, the internet pisses me off. Yep. So we're gonna talk about why the the internet pisses John off about magic stuff. Yeah. Like, if, I'm just gonna if we had if we had recorded this Tuesday night about this exact topic, it would have been nothing but one long droning, <laughs> with the occasional breaking up as I'm like, and this. <laughs> Uh, so we'll we'll see how bad it is this time. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna risk it for the biscuit, as they say on this podcast. Yeah, to bring it all, all right. the way back to episode zero. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's the thing, right? Yeah. I am okay with everything I'm about to talk about. Yeah, because we're punching up. Yep. Everyone I have a problem with is either equal to or above me on the totem pole. So. Yep. These people okay. can go. These people can deal with it. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, first things first. Okay. Would you Would you like to do the precursor? Since this was actually your thing that you linked me, would you like to you give the, set the stage for this one? Sure. Yeah. So I was just reading Reddit and saw this basically, um, watching the internet freak out. And I the only reason I sent it to you because I figured it would piss you off. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not even necessarily what it was. But um, uh, people's responses to it, and the sky is falling. Um, so basically, uh, somebody had asked something about a GP. Yeah, GP or it was either the Grand Prix or the PT that happened the same weekend. Yeah, one of the events or something like that. They're asking for some something from Frank Karsten, and basically he said, he's like, yeah, I can't do analysis or do deck dumps and analysis or something anymore basically because he was told not to yeah so and what people f- are like are frothing at the mouth basically frank karsten is an honest to god mathematician dude's yeah. crazy good with numbers right yep. so what what would happen is watsi would give him full information on every single deck that people played non-public at, information this <laughs> non-public information like they just gave this information because because watsi had access to every single deck list yep and they would give that information to Frank Karsten, and then he would do all of his crazy spreadsheet things, and he would figure out who those people played against, what they were playing. You got perfect information for every single matchup that happened at that event. Yep. Right? And this is a lot of information. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of very useful information for someone who cares about shit like that. I, I argue against that, but continue. Uh, here's the thing. That amount of information is detrimental to the game. I do not disagree, but I don't think I, I don't think for the reasons you think. Uh, I think it's bad for the game because what happens when, when literally everyone has all of the information about everything that happens, formats get solved. Formats being solved is a bad thing. Formats being solved is what results in formats becoming stale. Yeah, like I, I agree with. So yeah, I agree in everything. the The thing I disagree with, though, is that whether a deck does one percent or two percent better against whatever the hell or whatever it is doesn't matter. It doesn't. And people, but the, the the problem is not that it's one percent, one or two percent better against whatever. 
The problem is, is that people think it is. Yes, that is the entire like yeah. that. Is, that is why a deck that is considered really, really strong almost unanimously unanimously starts pissing people off. Yeah, because all the whiny little nobody tryhards who want to try and make f some have some validation for their existence when there literally isn't any will automatically play that deck because it thinks it'll actually give them a chance of doing something with their lives. Mm-hmm. That's not how you do something with your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look, that's. Everything. When realistically, when realistically, if you wanted the same information, you could go ask a pro and get it without numbers. Yeah. Like, there's enough pros who already post, like, this is, you know, almost every single time someone wins a PT, they are going to be offered by some website to write about their PT experience. You will get that information, yeah. right? You don't need Frank Carson to crunch all the numbers and find this shit out. Yep. And, or you can just, you know, join the Arena Decklist Discord and all that kind of stuff, where they go deep into all this kind of stuff. There are so many other sources, you don't need Frank Karsten to do all the work for you. To crunch, un- yeah, to get you to, like, a few percent, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and the amount of information he's going to give you compared to, like, the actual top eight is not going to be that different. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's this one deck that didn't make top eight because it got crushed by literally everything else in the format, but it did really, really good against the deck that was four out of the t- four out of the top eight. Yep. It did really good against that deck specifically. It was undefeated against that deck, didn't drop a single game. And you know what? It doesn't matter if that deck was good against that deck specifically because it couldn't beat literally anything else. Yeah, right. It just folds to two two bears yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> if like if the quotation's best deck in the format is half of the top eight, and your deck that beats the best deck in the format didn't make top eight, clearly there was a lot of that best deck in the format going around. You mm-hmm. should have done better. Yep. Like, that's not just variance, uh, you, most likely. Like, variance is a thing. That's not just variance. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> okay. Uh... People are way too high on, like, full information. When full information is detrimental to a format. And this isn't the first time that Watsi is, has said, you know, hey, you can't do this anymore. Because Star City used to also write an article way back when. Ruben Bressler used to post it about, like, you know, this is all of our metagame data for this. And eventually, Ruben's boss was like, hey, I was told by higher-ups at Watsi, you can't write this article anymore. Yep. And, you know, Watsi is really wishy-washy about that. Sometimes they give us all the information, sometimes they don't give us all the information. It is better to not have all the information. Yeah. I, I feel like there's this also this um uh, sort of belief that uh, full transparency is automatically correct. Yeah. Like, just culturally right now and stuff like that. And I don't know if I've subscribed to that belief. Like, it's like you you know this thing like and everybody else should know it just because information because that information should just be out there like and that's like the thought it's like well that's not necessarily like how you want things it's like information is just like anything else it could be used for good or bad or withholding the information could be used for good or bad like it's i don't know i i just i find that problem particularly annoying i guess like so I'm someone who is really big on I just like knowing things. I love knowing things. I love I love knowledge. I love data. I I don't 
I don't like to fly. I don't like lying through a mission. Like any sort of thing like that is not something that I like. Mm -hmm. But the world is not a better place when you tell your three year old there's no such thing as safe. <laughs> right. And right. Maybe, yeah. Like so I I'm I'm in a position where, you know, at like with my job and stuff, I know things that yep. other people are not supposed to know. Yeah. Like that's just the nature of it is is like I you know, I'm I'm in management and stuff like that. I know things about people, I know things about the organization, I know all this stuff. And not that it's like bad or anything and stuff like that, but like you know, it's like there may be reasons something is happening with a person, but like I'm not gonna go blab their personal information all over that's between me and them and figuring it out, you know, kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Or it's like the organization may be doing something that's going on and everything, but they don't want it revealed because people are going to make assumptions and freak out and everything. And even if you like tell somebody something and you're like, this is the reason it's the actual reason people are like, nah, it's the sinister reason, which is why you're doing something. Yeah. They just think you're like coming up with some bullshit excuse or something. Yeah. So like information is a weird thing and stuff like that. So like, I completely get what's being like, yeah, we don't want you to use this. And it is private information. They like, here is something that people don't like to admit. Like they own that information. They 100% do. Yeah, it's like people with, you know, you can argue the leaks thing and stuff like that. Like, hey, I go check out leaks all the time if I can for for cards. I know you don't like to. But, like, realistically, like, the people who share that information, like, away from Watsi are, like, breaking the law. Like, that is actually protected information. <laughs> yeah, like, Watsi could actually press charges if they catch people. I think they have. So. Like, but, that's a thing that a lot of people don't realize. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, it's it's, just, it's that whole entitlement thing with it. It's like, yeah. well, I should get to know, yeah. Well, yeah, like, sorry, um, no, he don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, like everyone's like, I want all of this information, yeah, yeah. It's like too much ruins the game. You don't yeah, want to exactly. know everything. Mm -hmm. And like I said, like the the reason why we have all this big homogenization, I was like, oh, like this was you know, pl uh, Mythic Championship Oko. Where yep. every single deck was playing Oko. It's like every single everyone was playing Oko because everyone knew what the best deck was, because they figured it out, because there was all the information telling you that Oko was the best deck. Yeah. Would it have possibly happened anyways? Probably. Probably, <laughs> because those are like the best players in the world, and that's just kind of what they do. Look what happened yeah. with, you know, uh Eltrazi Winter. Yeah, right. <laughs> like three different teams broke it. Yeah, that three was... different teams made three different decks. That was three different teams that made three different decks that all broke it. But you know yeah. what? Those decks did not exist anywhere online, like not even on yeah. MTGO, until that happened. Well, except for one of the decks, kind of did. One of the decks kind of did, but it yeah, wasn't anywhere it was near a draft as deck that had like <laughs> because it was a draft deck that had freaking I have Ugin jammed in it. <laughs> yeah, it was like this is the best draft deck I've ever seen in my life, and it just crushes yeah. fools. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. but yeah. So, all right, there we go with that. Yeah, that's that's everyone. Everyone needs to shut up about Frank Carson not writing articles. I yeah. like Frank Carson articles. Yeah, Frank Don't Frank Carson Frank Carson's awesome. But yeah, yeah, and I I respect him for just being like I can't share the information. You know. Yeah, like, he's like I was told I can't. Yep. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he's also someone who really really likes information. Like mm -hmm. I said, he's a mathematician. He loves data. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing this next one is going to be a little less kind. Uh, so, full disclosure. 
I like Todd Anderson as a personality. Yeah. I like his commentary. I think he does a really good job of it. Mm-hmm. I like his deck brewing. He built a, he made a pioneer deck that he called Chalky Red. It was mm-hmm. just like a you know, I like I love big red strategies. Like he did this, he was he was very, very creative about it. And it was like really, really good in the format for like two weeks, right? Okay. And like Todd Anderson has a goddamn well, that's saying a pioneer, right? It's a yeah, fast I know, I know. I'm yeah. So like and he has a pedigree. He has like the most SCG tour top eights of anyone ever. Mm-hmm. Like the man's like I think he's like in the twenty somethings for MG, for SCG tour top eights. He has a pedigree as being good. He's been writing for SCG forever. Um and I like I said, I like him as a person. Yep. He needs to go f*** himself. <laughs> like, just regularly or with a rake? Uh, probably regularly, because maybe calm the hell down. Okay. Massage that prostate a bit. Just get up all up in there. <laughs> okay. All right. So, he's on this big kick lately, where he thinks every single card printed in 2019, or I th- or I think the last one he said was any card printed in the last year and a half should just be banned from every format and pretend it didn't exist. Really? Yep. Why? Because Because there's too many broken things that do all these miserable things and make everyone miserable and blah, 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 blah. So here's the thing about Todd Anderson. He used to live he used to live and work at Star City Games. Like uh-huh. the actual main big building, he did his yep. thing there. Okay. He wrote his articles. He had his thing. You know, he had all of his sweet shit going on. His wife got a job at Watsi. Uh. His wife moved out there. He moved out there with her because that's what you do in marriages. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, rather than finding a real job, <laughs> he decided he, he decided he wanted to be a magic streamer. Okay. Now, he's someone who can do this, right? He already has a following. He already has a lot of people yeah. who like him. And he, like, he is a charismatic guy. He knows how to entertain people. But the problem with this is now every single moment of his like, waking hour is dedicated to magic. Yep. He streams magic. He writes about magic. His primary hobby is magic. His wife works making magic. <laughs> Everything about his life is dedicated to magic. And as a result of that, shit's gonna get boring eventually. <laughs> right? Uh... Like, magic is a... Like, and the thing is, he can't just do variety random shit. He needs to stay on brand for streaming, because that, that's what you have to do to succeed as a streamer, you know? Like, yeah. he primarily streams Pioneer, because Pioneer's a sweet format, like, and he was one of the first people who was like... Excuse me. He was one of the first people who was like, I'm going to stream Pioneer. Because the high, you know... Um, MP- the MPL pros don't stream Pioneer because yep. why would they? Yeah, you know you have Numat the Nummy who primarily streams limited and stuff like that. Caleb's a variety streamer, but he's on at night. Todd streams during the day, so like Todd found his niche. His niche was Pioneer. You know he created Chalky Red. He did all of his sweet shit and all that stuff. And but the problem is, you know, he prim- he plays on Magic on- Magic Online. Yep. We discussed this previously. The people who still play on Magic Online aren't there to play for fun. They're there to try and win. Yeah, Magic Online like, is awful to watch, too. Yeah, Magic Online, well, 
Magic Online is off the watch, but whatever, right? Okay. But like yeah. the people who are playing in the Pioneer Leagues on Magic Online, they're not gonna they're usually not gonna be trying out some new brew and seeing how they're doing, right? Yep. They're gonna be they're gonna be playing to try and win their leagues and turn a profit in quotations, as it were. Turn a profit. Yep. Yeah. So as a result, he's playing against a lot of blue black inverter. Okay, yeah. And he has been flipping out about Thassa's Oracle. I don't give a shit. What is that card even? Thassa's Oracle is blue blue for a one three. When Thassa's Oracle enters the battlefield, look at the top X cards of your library where X is your devotion to blue. Uh, choose one of them, put it on top of your library, and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. If X okay. is greater than the number of cards in your library, you win the game. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is part of a combo with Inverter of Truth. Yep. Right? And he's just been getting pissed off about that. Yep. You know what? I don't care what uh, anyone says. That is not a combo that is that hard to interact with. Sure, they can just top deck and kill you, but they're susceptible to discard. They're mm -hmm. susceptible to counterspells. Sure, they themselves play a shit ton of counterspells. Whoop de freaking do. They don't have a really good plan B. Yeah. Like, casting Inverter of Truth as a four mana flying 6 6 seems like it would be a good plan B. Until you realize you have two cards left in your library to try and kill them. <laughs> uh. Like, the deck is just weak to things like cranial extraction effects. Yep. And it's like, if you want to beat it, try and beat it. Don't whine because you want to play your big red deck, and your big red deck has literally nothing they can do against it. That's your choice. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like not up, man. I'm like, it's like when Murder Kill was bad for me. It's like, I love playing the deck. I know it's not great, but it's like, oh, it wasn't good for a while. It wasn't playable at all for a while in the four minutes. Like, okay. Yeah. And like, in his whole little Twitter rant, he's uh, someone, once, someone asked him, he's like, you know, what gives you the right to decide what is and is not good for a format? And he's like, the fact that I've been playing it for like 15 plus years and I want to see the formats be good it's like that doesn't mean shit you can still be biased like, actually you're probably more biased playing that long but exactly like you know he was the guy who always liked playing team or twin like mm -hmm. he needed to play team or twin like oh you know twin with tarmogoyf which a i always thought those decks were hot garbage i don't care what anyone says <laughs> you have a perfectly good plan b it's called beat them to death with two one flyers yeah that's what i want to do yeah, two and not flyers. <laughs> Tar Tarmogoyf did not fix as many issues as people seem to think that they were. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's like, dude, you've dedicated you like you're committed at this point to this is part of your life. You have to take the good and the bad. You mm -hmm. can't just hope it's always going to be a super exciting format where you get to win with Glorybringer. Whoopie freaking do. Uh. Yeah, and like one of his tweets was like, I got all these middle-aged white guys trying to tell me how to be happy in life. Isn't it's he a like, middle-aged white guy, basically? He is definitely a middle-aged white guy. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, all right. that's my all rant right. about Todd Anderson. Okay. Well, we'll hope that one perks up in the future. I want to be honest, the worst thing about Blue-Black Inverter is it makes the Blue-Black deck that I want to build it just seem bad by comparison. Yeah, I suppose so. Because the build I want to make doesn't have a doesn't have a you know win the game combo. 
It doesn't have an oops, I won. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to beat people to death with the Scarab God. Why is that such a big deal? Yeah, right? <laughs> I, my original thought was, man, I want to kill people with Ashiok. And then I was like, I don't think Ashiok's good enough. The Scarab God, however. Fair enough. I like the Scarab God. <laughs> Uh, I have I have ideas, plans, okay. and thoughts. All right. All right. Cool. Next up on the people are dumb on the internet and need to shut up <laughs> list. <laughs> uh, Icoria, Watsi has released a single piece of art for it. Appar- apparently, to some people, that gives us information about the whole set and the standard environments surrounding it. Yeah. All right. So, this is a pretty sweet piece of piece of art. I'm just saying, right? Okay. We got this gigantic, weird dog with horns thing. Like we got spikes all over. We got some Vivian Reed there with her bow being awesome. I like. I'm just gonna point out, I have yet to see a Vivian Planeswalker I didn't like. I'm kind of excited for Vivian. Okay, I'll, I'll allow it. Just gonna say, I was an early adopter to her being good. I mean, Vivian. Vivian is one card that makes me appreciate green. Yeah, I'm not a big green person, but ever since Burgerous Gear Hulk, I'm like, okay, you have proven. All right. <laughs> you have proven you're okay to exist. Yeah. Right. So every single person, or not every single person, too many people, basically, mm-hmm. too many people look at this art like. Oh shit, Watsy's bringing back Battle Cruiser magic, guys. Uh. So, first things first. What the f does Battle Cruiser magic even mean? It means Rise of the Eldrazi. Yeah, kind of, right? That's Get kind of what it means. OG Theros was considered Battle Cruiser magic also. Yeah, it's suit up a big boy and smack him in the mouth, I think is yeah. basically what it is. Suit up a big boy, do your thing, right? All right. Uh-huh. Cool. So, we have a place called Lair of the Behemoths. Okay, fair. Right. Sure, that implies big. We have a piece of key art with a big boy in back. <laughs> the, then we have a Vivian, and we have small little flying dinosaurs. Yep. All right. To me, that implies that there's gonna like there's some smaller things. I mean, you have to have smaller things to make it work. You have to, right? And what even counts as a behemoth in magic? Like, real question. Yeah. If you think about it, Colossal Red Maw. Yep. So, in a D&D speak, Colossal yeah. is the largest thing you can possibly do. Okay. Right? Yep. So, Colossal Dread Maw is the biggest Dread Maw that can possibly exist. Okay, we'll just go with that. That thing was a 6-6 with trample. <laughs> it's a beast, man. It's huge. He's, yeah. All right, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, right? That's six, a 6-6. Six. We got a 6-6 six, six dinosaur with the colossal tag attached to it. Uh, so what? It's like, sure, don't get me wrong. A 6-6 six, six dinosaur is pretty big. I'm not going to quantify a colossal dreadmaw as being a battle cruiser in magic. <laughs> to uh, me, maybe, battle cruisers... Battle cruisers need to do a little something, in my opinion, right? And also, I don't know why people act like just everyone who's like, "Oh, we're coming back to Battle Cruiser Magic." We haven't seen a single goddamn card. We have a single piece of key art, and we have a box that's red on it. Oh, damn! We're gonna have fifteen fifteens. 
<laughs> like they just know right off the bat. Yeah. So I'm just gonna point out some of the crazy things I've I have heard from a single piece of key art. Um, people saying, "Man, this plane is exactly like Zendikar." Yep. Because <laughs> um, there's pointy bits. Yep. Uh. What was uh oh um my my favorite was is that um uh the standard format's gonna be a mess for that set yep. uh, because green is gonna be overpowered still uh huh like <laughs> you know because you automatically know this and everything like may- maybe it all pans out and it's true but it's like you know somebody Man. somebody basically said something to Rosewater and his response was you've seen one piece of art like that was all he said yeah. like <laughs> yeah like oh green's gonna be overpowered based on what? Yeah, I know. It's like, well, Vivian's there, and then you have a big creature, so it's obvious. Also, yeah, Vivi- also, we're basically on Zendikar. Yeah, but the thing is, Vivian isn't format-defining. She's just a really, really good role player in the decks that wander. Well, the yeah, the Vivians we've had, obviously. Yeah. But... I know, I'm just saying. Like, she does, It's not like she has a history of being broken as shit, right? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the fi- after our early adoption, the five mana Vivian did wind up being like a pretty good card in the format. But that was because the explore deck was the best was the best deck in the format, and she was just good. In it. Yeah, right. There was other five drops you can play instead. Mm-hmm. Like God, yeah, yeah. And I've also heard people be like, "Oh, I bet you mutate mutate is going to be in this in this set." Mutate. Uh, it's something from an unset. I'm pretty sure. Are you talking about augment? Uh, maybe augment. I thought someone said something about. Me. I thought I heard someone say mutate. I don't know. Augment, augment maybe. is like the build your own creature mechanic, and there. I think Rosar yeah. said something about yeah. There's going to be like a build your own creature mechanic or something. Yeah. Like, like the funny thing is, the people I've heard talk about that, they're they're also the same ones. Who are like, man, I bet Jameld is coming back because you can <laughs> so, make your own big furry monster. Somebody somebody replied, and they're like, they're like this format, or like they're like. That creature doesn't look like uh, a kaiju or whatever it is, like the big melded monsters thing from like Japanese crap or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, I don't. They're basically they're like they were like being like you did this set wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I hate so many people on the internet. <laughs> we need a calling. <laughs> Not just to people named Dan either. <laughs> I mean, we gotta start somewhere, uh, but yeah. So. So yeah, Icoria. the The key art looks cool. Yep, that is my opinion on it. If you have other opinions, smash your face into a wall a few times, and then talk to me. <laughs> uh, like people just really jump to conclusions about things. Like it's just I don't I don't get it. Like, do they just want to be the first to speculate or something? Or I get well. Th- think how validated their existence will feel if they find out that they're right. Like sure. that guy who thinks that green's going to be overpowered. Imagine if green winds up being the best color in the format again. Yeah, I was going to like criticize that, and then I'm like, God, I remember how smug I was when I was right about the story of War of the Spark. Yeah, like, like that's really, a- I was really smug. You were, because we were arguing about it. <laughs> I know, and it's only because we were arguing about it. But. Yeah, but like it's it's going to be exactly that. But this guy was right in front of the internet. Yeah, and we that's all know that that's so no much more important. That's way important. <laughs> I swear, if this guy's wrong about it on the internet, he'll just fade into obscurity. Yeah. 
Just like, like everyone does. already does. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just annoying hearing people like make these giant statements about something they have they know nothing about. Like, it's just annoying hearing people. Yeah. Maybe I should like look at myself in the mirror when I say it's annoying listening to people make giant statements about things they know nothing about because that's basically our podcast. But <laughs> no, no, no. See, we're different. We're special. We have a different view on everything. Oh, okay, we're special. Yeah, I forget yeah. we're unique and special. Okay. You know why we're we? You know why we're unique and special? Why? Because we know that we're nobodies. Oh, okay. That gives us a certain self-reflecting view on everything. Fair enough. I'll just I'm just gonna let that go. We'll we'll say it's true. All right. <laughs> I do think I was I was this is gonna, this is gonna be not rant related. I okay. think one thing that me and you have very very much in common is that we are actually very good at self reflection. Yeah, I think so. Like that is one of our things that connects us is we both understand ourselves very well. Yeah, I honestly think that's one of my big strengths. But yeah. Like, usually I'm also one of those people who can, like, I've said this to people before, like, most things, like, somebody says, like, oh, yeah, you don't get that. You you won't get this, and let it, like, until you experience it. And, uh, I, I, and I'll, like, think about something, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I totally get this. And uh, then, like, I'll experience it, and I'll be like, yeah, I was totally right. Yeah. And, like, I can count the things where I was, like, misjudged and wrong by, like, a small, like, on one hand, probably, that I can think of. Like of things that I can experience, potentially yeah. you know, possibly experience, you know. Like obviously, there's some things that's just like it's impossible for me to do. But it's like that. Like the one thing I can think of is like becoming a parent. Yes. But like, because I, like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I predicted how it would be, and then I'm like, oh wait, no, I was absolutely totally wrong because I it was like I thought it was like a three, and it was like a twenty, you know. <laughs> but yeah. You know, it's good. You you need to have the outliers to prove the. You need to have the wrong answers to prove the right answers. Sure. I'm, I don't. I cannot remember what phrase I'm trying to think of, but. Sure. But all right. The exception that proves the rule. There we go. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Next up, what a, few, we a few smaller ones. Okay. I don't know how much time we have left, but. Uh, we got it. Don't worry. I think. All right. So, uh. Watsi decided to do something really, really, really sweet, actually. Okay. All right. They came out with uh, watch parties. So for any store that qualifies under their premium store banner for the, the Wizards of the Coast, whatever the hell they refer to them as, there's like eight in the world. There's okay. not many. Okay. Um, it's like the Channel Fireball Home Office. Yeah. And the Cool Stuff Incorporated home store and Haru, Haruya, like yep. those kind of stores right yeah. those those are their premium tier stores they decided to do something yep. awesome okay they gave out uh they gave them these special crucible of world promos okay all of them foil okay and they're like all right if you hold a watch party at your store you can give out these promos to like the top eight or the top 16 for anyone who shows up and just watch worlds right Okay. And there it was a way of promoting people to go to their premium stores and a way of promoting people to watch worlds and all that kind of shit. That's really awesome. Yeah, okay. And that the actual act of doing that 
Props to you, Watsy. How did people screw it up? Uh, so this this kind of ties into the last issue, as it were. Okay. Uh, MTG Pro Shop. Okay. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's actually ran by a guy who's not technically a part of Watsy. Okay. I think I've heard someone say that before, right? Okay. Uh, he is selling Worlds gear, as it were. Okay. So normally there used to be, or as a right, usually what happens is like you go to a place like Grand Prix, or you go to a PT, or you go to Worlds, and okay. you can buy gear that is custom to that event. Okay. You can get like a a Pro Tour whatever playmat. Okay. Or a Pro Tour or whatever sweater. And these are like super rare, hard to find. Like these playmats can go for like $200 sometimes. Okay. And you buy them for like $20. Okay. Yeah. You know, sweet, one of a, or not one of a kind, super unique, hard to come by kind yeah. of shit. Right? Yeah. Okay. The MTG Pro Shop is selling these playmats and hoodies. You okay. can just buy them. Okay. And they'll be shipped to you. You don't have okay. to go to the event. Okay. Right? They were shipping with this foil Crucible of Worlds promo. Okay. All right. And suddenly the world was ending. Okay. Because no longer is this fancy little, you know, uh, world's watching event, no longer do they have a one of a kind, super unique promo that was going to be worth ridiculously, stupidly large amounts of dollars because there's so few of them made. Okay. Right? Suddenly. Anyone who wants this promo can basically buy it online for like 50 bucks. Okay. And apparently that's a bad thing. Okay. If that isn't the most entitled bullshit I've ever heard, <laughs> I don't know what is. Like, okay. Not only that, there are people complaining about the fact you can buy this world's gear from the MTG Pro Shop. You can get it without having to go to worlds. Okay. Right? Like, that's apparently a bad thing. Because... I literally heard someone say, part of the appeal for me going to a place like Eternal Weekend is the fact that I know I can buy something that no one else can get. So, it's probably the same people that get mad at other people's entitlement want their entitlement. Yes. Okay, just checking to make it's sure. Like, it's like all these people, like, these people who are complaining about this shit, it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? How entitled to shit do you have to be or you have to be like, it's not special if other people get it. Oh my god. Like, no. That's not how the world works. I'm sorry, but you're a child. Like, that. <laughs> I don't even care. Like, it, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that, that was the, like, when I heard these people talking about this, I'm like, are you shitting me? It really ruins the appeal of owning a world's, like, world championship number whatever sweater because other people on the internet can buy it too. Apparently. It's like, and in regards to like the promo issues, what about the stores that just don't have premium tier stores? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any in all of Latin America. Probably all those people not. have, all those people have no chance at all of getting this, this, this promo. Well, well now they do. <laughs> yeah, now they do. And that's a good thing. Cause you know what? People shouldn't be brick walled because of where they live geographically. That's just not good. <laughs> uh, man. The funny thing is, is, yeah, it's probably the same people that said that exact same phrase in regards to something else. But 
so like that's the big like I didn't know that any of this was happening. So like that's the big issue is like mm-hmm. that is absolutely wonderful. Yep, it's like oh, other people can get this stuff that that they previously couldn't, and that's mm-hmm. a bad thing. And so I was like, why couldn't they just sell? Why couldn't they just sell the non-foil versions of the Crucible of Worlds? So that way, the premium ones were still special. It's like, well, a because it's probably a hell of a lot cheaper to only print a set of foils than to print them foil and non-foil. I mean, yeah, it's you know, if you do it one way, right? Yeah, one would think, right? Yeah. It's probably cheaper to do it this way. And f*** you. Yeah. (laughs) Does this one deserve a rake? Uh, no, they just need, like, probably need to be slapped in the face. It's like, here's the thing. If the only reason why people were going to your premium tier store for this world's watch party was because the top 16 or whatever could get a shiny little promo, you need to work on your marketing better. And you don't deserve to be a premium tier store. Uh. I don't care what you say. I don't think it's a problem with the store, but no, I'm I'm saying like if that's the only reason people are going there, you're not marketing it properly. People are people will do that no matter what you say. Promo does like you can put anything around it, and you know how people get. Oh, I know. Promos. Like the people that want the promos are going to want the promos, and it's not going to be like it doesn't matter what is around it. They're just like I want the promo because that's what I want because I think yeah. there's some gigantic amount of value in this. Yeah, but complaining and, and really get way ahead for free. Complaining because Watsy announced this thing and that you're saying that it's going to keep you from having people show up to your thing now, or saying why couldn't Watsy just wait until the Monday after? It's like, well, if the, dear God, if Watsy oh, yeah, waited okay. till the Monday after, do you know what kind of shitstorm there would be? Oh, they didn't. Then they didn't tell people, and now they're bad, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, God damn it! Yeah, I love it. Love I it. don't. It's just—it's just the gift that keeps on giving, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like syphilis. <laughs> uh, I think you cut out there for a second, which basically just kind of censored that, so that works out. But that's good. <laughs> uh, I did say it. Okay. I did say it quietly. So yeah, I know. But yeah. So yeah, that's my John is mad at the internet. Oh, are they are they mad about it? Are we mad about anything else right now? That's all I currently have. Hmm. I'm trying to think what else I've seen. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen people crying about much of anything anywhere because I'm maybe I've just been too freaking busy. Like, screw around on the internet anymore. But yeah, yeah. That's those are the only things I could think of lately that made me like irrationally angry on the internet. So. I don't think anything else is super crazy going on on the uh, the inter- or the internet front. World seems to be like it's going relatively well, you okay. know, which is kind of sweet. Yeah. Top four is tomorrow. Huh. LSV is weird because he decided to do a twelve-hour stream today in the middle of Worlds, <laughs> but it's his birthday, so I can't really hate on him for it. Like he wanted to do a birthday stream, it's like all right, sure, you do you. Yeah. One can one can only hate on LSV so much, right? I mean, LSV is LSV. Yeah, it's like he's more successful than I'll ever be. I'm not gonna 
probably two or three times more successful than you'll ever be. Yeah. But all right, I don't know. We can um, uh, we can trim this one a little short. It's been a while since we've had a short one, so yeah. You know, gotta also gotta make sure that our blood pressure stays at safe levels. So you know, every once in a while, you gotta do a throwback. It's like, hey guys, remember when we used to record episodes that were only like a half hour long? <laughs> we started out doing that, which is ridiculous. But actually, it's like Valentine's Day was yesterday from our recording, so it's probably like our anniversary of the podcast. So. We've been doing it's, this for like three years, basically. It's close. It was it was in February. It was early February. How many bonus episodes have we done? Uh, twelve. Twelve. So we're at one fifty. Or more than that, maybe seven. I, I think next week, because it's fifty-two weeks in a year, we should be at one fifty-six. Yeah. It's probably it's probably a bit. It's probably about that. I don't know. Yeah, thirteen bonus episodes actually. Yeah, 13, so 158. So, yeah, we're actually we're beyond our three year anniversary. Yeah, so. Go us. Cool. Also, also, I just got the thing that our domain's expiring soon, so I know it's <laughs> it's kind of around there. Um, yeah, you, you know it's happening soon. Yeah, but. Which, my domain's on auto renew. You can't shark it from us. Yeah. Maybe but. we'll do something special next week for our anniversary. Maybe. I can't think of anything, but, you know. <laughs> We'll swear loudly into microphones for an hour. Maybe oh, I'll special. Pick. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll pick. Some, maybe I'll like actually handpick some really sweet booster packs and crack them or something. Ooh, we could do that. Well, as opposed we'll to the random we... nature. Yeah. But... All right. Cool. Well, as said, we'll we'll trim this one a touch short this week because you know we want to. So, um, if anybody wants to shoot some feedback, you can send us an email to thelocalmeta at gmail dot com. Catch us on Twitter at the local meta PC. Um, head to thelocalmeta.com to check out all our episodes, some other links, link to the Discord. You can come hang out in the Discord, chat with us there. Um, yeah, cool. That's all. John, anything else? Nope, oh, we're good. Cool. We will catch you next time. See ya.